As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so Matt, what kind of pole is short and floppy? <laughs> I'm not going to say it's family show. <laughs> A tadpole. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. (laughs) All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm wet. Wet. That's how I'm doing. Yeah. It's it's pouring down rain, and I'm trying to get set up and everything. And it's like, psh, yeah. coming out here to the graveyard. Because <laughs> unlike Adam, the Graveyard East is not attached to my house. Yeah, that's I true. actually walk through the yard to get out here. That's true. He's got to put on his muck boots and stomp through the yard. Yeah, that's right. I don't Because I don't have a yard. I have a dog's toilet that I have to mow. <laughs> right. So. Right. I feel you on that one, man. My dogs aren't as big as yours, but I feel you on that one. I got three of them and they do enough. Believe me. (laughs) That's right. It don't matter, man. It's just, it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Should see, uh, see us both trying to walk through the yard. If you got to run and chase a dog at random hops and jumps and stuff, avoiding piles. Yeah. Quick stop and a jump to the left and. All right, so real quick, we want to say uh, go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. We're proud members of the Podbelly Network, and you can find different tricks and tips on how to record your own podcast, and you can find other shows to listen to, you know, branch out in genre, or if you're all caught up with Graveyard Tales, you can find some more to listen there. So go to podbelly.com. We also want to thank tonight's sponsors, Manscaped and AMC Shutter. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about them later. Um, before we get into it, Matt, I don't know if you you can see it. That If you're watching the video, you can see it too. There is a light behind me on the cabinets back there. And you can't really tell what it is but it's because uh, it's washed out in the light. But it's supposed to be an owl. And Ashley saw it when we were at the store the other day. And she goes, I have to get this for the graveyard. And it's weird because... We see so many owls when we go places, and I don't know if it's synchronicity because I'm always 
griping about it always being an owl <laughs> but yeah i can't go anywhere without finding an owl so when she found that light she was like i gotta get it and so i stuck it back there turn it on for the show cool little ambiance but yeah you know, that's right you, you can't like tell it. what it is <laughs> all right y'all so let's take a second and talk about one of tonight's sponsors manscaped now matt and i love manscaped and what is manscaped well manscaped is a men's grooming line and ladies too if if you would like to get on get in on it y'all can use some of these as well but you know they're in the business of keeping guys looking fresh and trim and neat below the belt and smelling good below the belt as well and they say manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience offering precision engineered tools for that area and not only do i really like their lawnmower 3.0 because it's greatly engineered and they've designed it to where it cannot cut you 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 know we've all had the experiences where you've nicked something and it's bled like a stuck hog and it's just not good you don't want to stick your hog with anything so just you know use these tools and it will help you avoid that but one of the things that i really love from manscaped is one of their other products called the crop preserver and the crop preserver is like a deodorant lotion or down there and i'm in texas it gets real hot in texas and you know we we've talked before you don't want to use too much powder because it 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 causes a problem and with us coming up on spring and then summer now's a good time to hop on manscaped and buy that because in the summer let me just tell you fellas you don't watch your giblets making their own gravy (laughs) that's exactly right (laughs) <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is the best trimmer I've ever used for body hair. I mean, it yeah. is it is it is remarkable. And you know, if you if you're not using this kind of device, then you're really missing out on the ease. And as Adam said, the safety that comes included in and i touched on this um before it's got an led light that makes it easy to see no matter where you're trimming and it's waterproof you know if if you want to take care of this in the shower you can absolutely do it without worrying about you know destroying you know the equipment that you've purchased Mm -hmm. now you can actually get on and order the performance package, which comes with the new improved Lawnmower 3.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is it's a must-have. You That's know, phenomenal for, for a guy over forty. You gotta have one of these things, and you better <laughs> get a good one. I'm telling you. But you also yeah, don't cheap out. You also get you cheap out. You're gonna pay for it. <laughs> you will. But you also get their performance boxer briefs and this really awesome travel bag. You know, so, you know, if you're on the road a lot, you've got a way to to carry your equipment with you for those touch-ups while you're on the road. Right. Now, all right. Now, Graveyard Tales listeners can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com using the code GRAVE. That's G-R-A-V-E. 
That's 20% off with free shipping. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com and use our promo code GRAY. That's G-R-A-V-E. That's right. And that's a great deal. And you get a lot of stuff if you get that package and you can get it 20% off free shipping. Like Matt said, go to manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E. I guess, Matt, I don't have anything else. So why don't we go ahead and get into it since it's a little different? Why don't you tell us? What are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so tonight, Adam and I changed it up a little bit, and we we split the topics. We're going to talk about two well-known Ohio cryptids. And That's right. I'm going to share one, and Adam's going to share one, and we're going to make one, one big show out, out of each of us discussing two of these cryptids. Right. So tonight, we're going to discuss the Loveland Frogman... Or frogmen, right? Or or the Loveland lizard, as it's sometimes called. Yep. And we're going to talk about the Ohio grassman. Before starting this, I thought the grassman was just my buddy in high school that <laughs> I used to hang out with. But <laughs> yeah, if you if you're rolling through town and you've got like the grassman as your license plate. You're going to get pulled over. Oh, 100%. 100%. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to get things started this time. Normally, we do it the other way around, but I'm going to start, and we're going to talk about the the Loveland Frogman. So the the Loveland Frog or the Loveland Lizard, as like I said, it's sometimes referred to, is a four-foot-tall humanoid frog that has reportedly been spotted in Loveland, Ohio, around the Little Miami River. I worked with a guy that resembled that description. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have two. Weird, right? <laughs> actually, actually, I had a teacher in college Ooh. that fits this description. I bet I that mean, was hard to, to... To a T. That's hard to stay on point then when you're being taught by a frog. I mean, it was to the point where we were like, I wonder if a fly flies in here, <laughs> yeah. what are we going to see? Hope they don't croak during <laughs> class. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but the, the legend of the Loveland Frogman uh, dates back to a story from 1955 where a businessman was traveling along an unnamed road when he spotted three figures standing along the side of the road. Now, he estimated them to be about three to four feet in height, and they appeared to be engaged in a conversation. You know, like typical stuff frogs talk about. Oh, sure. I got I got a real I got some real juicy flies over there. Mm-hmm. And I saw saw a dude with a forked stick coming this way. We need to avoid that <laughs> <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> yeah. The the Loveland gigging parade is next week, so make sure everybody leaves town by then. So <laughs> that's right. But as he got closer, he noticed that they had leathery skin and appeared to be frogs. 
So after watching them for a little while, uh, and and they this is where the stories begin to differ. Um, one one says that they were on a bridge. One says they were under a bridge. One says they were on the side of the road. One says he honked his horn, you know, or he shined his headlights on them. Anyway, it, it there's are these are minor details. Right. It, it just kind of it just kind of lets you know it's a legend. You know, there's yeah. been there's been very variants. It's been told to a lot. Yeah. But as he's watching them, he says that one of the figures raised what looked like a wand that emitted a, a spray of sparks. That's weird. <laughs> so this frightened him as sure. it would anybody. Yep. And so he quickly he quickly left. Now he was probably he was probably really scared that the other one was going to pull out a banjo and start singing Rainbow <laughs> Connection. Right. You know? He's like, why I'm are there so many <laughs> songs about rainbows? Sorry, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I'm telling you, his Kermit is pretty good. It's the best one I got. Uh, anytime I can break it out, I will. So yeah. So uh, so that yeah, like I said, the story it has some it has some changes. One one says that this guy was leaving the Brush Hill neighborhood. Um, which would pinpoint the location of this a little bit better, but the others don't include that. So, you know, we're not really sure. And if they were standing on a bridge, there's tons of bridges along the little Miami river. So it could have been anywhere. Um, but you know, like I said, the story is essentially the same tall frogs standing and conversing. One's got a magic wand that shoots sparks. It's the only okay. cryptid I think we've ever talked about that has a magic wand. Like it, it comes with its own wand. It just would. It was so funny when I was reading this, and I, I going along. Okay, tall frogs, saw him, magic wand. And I was like, wait, yeah, what? <laughs> He's got a wand, and it shoots sparks. Yeah. Now we've we've taken a turn here. For oh, sure. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you know, if the story just kind of ended there, most people would agree that this has all the makings of a strange but really fun urban legend. But it it doesn't stop there. Now, on March 3rd, 1972, around 1 a.m., a Loveland police, uh, a Loveland police officer uh, comes into the mix. Now, Officer Ray Shockey was driving his car on Riverside Drive near the Totes Boot Factory and the Little Miami River when those a were suspicious totes animal. Totes. Sorry. Those were Totes boots, man. Totes. Totes adorbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and I are way too old to say that, so let's just move on. <laughs> Did you ever see that commercial that had uh, James Earl Jones and I can't remember who the other one was. Maybe Patrick Stewart reading like reading texts and uh, yeah he yeah. goes totes my goats yeah. <laughs> the <Earl> Jones. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we still say that because that commercial was hilarious totes my goats <laughs> are you going with us tonight totes my goats totes my goats man <laughs> but uh anyway we digress um always but so so officer shockey saw a suspicious animal run across the road in front of his cruiser. So he stopped his car to get a better look. 
Now, the animal, now fully illuminated in, in the car's headlights, blinked at Shockey. And and he was he was fairly panicked. He was shaken up. Yeah. Now in, in in the headlights he could he could see what he thought was the legendary Loveland Frogman. Leathery skin, bright eyes, tongue. So Shockey reported the sighting and and stated that it, it's crouched like a frog before he could do anything. The creature turned and clambered over a guardrail and slipped into the river. Now, Shockey described the creature as being three to four feet long, or three to four feet tall, rather, and weighing in the area of 50 to 75 pounds. It's a big so, frog. Uh, yeah, a big frog, about the size of a child. Yeah. Now, he also claimed that its skin had a leathery texture and that the animal's features resembled those of a frog or lizard. Now, another officer investigated the scene later that evening, and he didn't see any sign of the creature, but reported that there were distinct scratch marks on the guardrail where the animal supposedly crawled over and went back into the river. Hmm. So, so here's, a, here's a police officer. That's going to report what he's seen. So like we've said before, you know, police officers, you know, reporting things like this that are, you know, cryptid or paranormal or whatever, you kind of want to perk up and listen because they've got a reputation to uphold. And they, they at the worst, they don't want to be made fun of by their, you know, fellow officers. Right. Well, according to the story, Shockey. Shucky did take a little ribbing for this. Oh, I'm sure. So two weeks later, a second Loveland police officer named Mark Matthews did Shockey a solid and reported seeing an unidentified animal. Seminar, 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 <laughs> new word. We're making up words here tonight. A similar, similar in height and, and features near the same road so what did matthews do um now this question he shot it oh yeah okay yeah right between the eyes according to the story right um but you know later when matthews is describing it he says that it actually you know came at him or at least gave the appearance that it was going to come at him so he didn't feel like he had much of a choice hey if it's coming at me i'm shooting it too i'm just uh, you know I'm all for yeah. researching these things, but don't attack me, you know? That's right, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm going to stand there and look at you, but if you come at me, right, I'm going to pop a cap in you. Absolutely. <laughs> Bust a so, cap, as they say. <laughs> so what, what he did is he went and and picked up this thing and and took it and drug it back to his car. And he said his intention was to show Shockey you know, and and say, is this the thing, the same thing? Yeah, you're not crazy. Yeah. So now that he said the only difference was the fact that it had a tail, which huh. was absent from Shockey's earlier reports, which may have explained, you know, some of some of Shockey's um, misidentification. Because right. he didn't report a tail, maybe he didn't notice a tail. 
Well, um, and, and that would have that would have immediately said lizard. Right. Little conjecture on that. Uh, if we're going, if we're saying this is legit, a you know human sized frog when frogs first move from tadpoles to frogs they have legs arms and a tail and a tail and the yeah. tail you know will disintegrate after a while so what if if that's all true and the evolution cycle is the same what if that was a younger one that just hadn't lost its tail yet and the adults have no tail could be just but wait wait thinking out the loud. rest of this story okay <laughs> So in the years that have followed that event, Officer Matthews has kind of reneged on his story. He now claims that the animal in question was nothing more than a large reptile, an iguana, that escaped from its owner. Now, he also says that the only reason he shot at the creature was to help confirm a fellow officer's story like I said, which was being met with a lot of skepticism by his superiors. Right. Now, some people say, okay, you know, they just, they, they got kind of tied up in the hype and, you know, and Matthews was, you know, going along with it. Um, others say that because of the ridicule that they experienced, They've come back and now said, "Oh no, 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 no! It wasn't a frog, man. It was, it was a big, it was a big iguana, just a big, a big pet reptile that had somehow gotten loose." Right. Okay, so now we don't really know whether Matthew's change of heart wasn't inspired by the ridicule, or if he changed his story just because after you know thirty years, it, it it's things aren't as clear anymore very possible um, but but his you know his, his own testimony contradicts what what he said originally now in a 2001 email interview matthews who's now retired explained that the incident was habitually blown out of proportion that's a quote and he said that it was and is no monster now Matthew says that he drugged the body to the trunk of his car so that he could show Officer Shockey. According to Matthews, like I said, it was a large iguana, about three to three and a half feet long, and he didn't immediately pinpoint the creature's ID because it was missing its tail. So now he says there was no tail. So, like, you know, iguanas will lose their tail. Yeah. Okay. So now he says there's there was no tail. So now you've seen a big three and a half foot long iguana with no tail. I mean, I've seen iguanas that are three and a half, four feet long, but yeah. that's head to tail. It's a big one. I I mean, I've seen bigger ones, but not as many. I mean, yeah, you know. Well, do they ever say what happened to the body that he shot? Not in anything I found. Uh, and this story is widely reported. You will. Yeah. If, if you just Google Loveland Frogman, you will find this story in about two dozen different formats. Yeah, this but, is the first story I heard about the Frogman was this shooting it story. Yeah, it's it's fairly consistent. Some go a little bit deeper. Some people kind of take, a you know, a, a put kind of a comedic spin on it. 
Right. Um, but you're going to find it, and it's it's going to be it's going to be roughly the same. Now, Matthew says that he showed Shockey the animal, and Shockey confirmed that that was exactly what he had seen that day. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm okay. So playing devil's advocate. You know, Shockey's out there, sees this big iguana with no tail, mistakes it for something, you know, the Frogman, because that story's already out. Right. And has been for almost 20 years. And it gets away from him, so he can't see it well enough. It's dark. He's looking at it through the headlights. That would explain scratches on yep. the guardrail. Exactly. And then, then you know, Matthews comes back a couple of weeks later, kind of poking around, sees the same iguana, and shoots it, brings it back Shockey and says, hey, this is is this what you saw? He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I saw. Well, this is a, an iguana with no tail. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not exactly how it went, though. You know, they let that ride for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Matthews retold the incident to an author of a book about urban legends, but he stipulated that the author omitted the part that confirmed that the creature was indeed an iguana instead of the frogman. Hmm. So, you know, and that wouldn't be unheard of. You know, he right. this, this author gets a story and just for the sake of making the story better and selling a few more books, he leaves out the fact that they said, yeah, but it was just an iguana. Yeah. Or dramatic purposes leave that part out. Or, or maybe he didn't. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um but in, again, it doesn't it doesn't completely end there. And this one is pretty recent. In August of 2016, a local Cincinnati TV station reported that a night of fun turned into a chilling tale of horror as two Pokemon Go enthusiasts, <laughs> Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend, were out hunting uh, Pikachu between Loveland Madeira Road and Lake Isabella when they came on up upon a real-life monster. I was going to say they caught a real Pokemon. <laughs> a real Pokemon. The kids claim that a giant frog near the lake stood up and walked on its hind leg. Now, Sam did actually manage to get a photo of the creature, and I've looked at this picture, and it's easy to find. But honestly, to me, this photo looks like a guy in a wetsuit with a couple of those strap-on headlamps pulled yeah. down to use as as eyes. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's really what it looks like. Um, it's a bad picture. I've seen yeah, it, and, and it's bad. And this sighting is widely considered to be a hoax, especially since it occurred so close to the city. Right. And And there you have it. <laughs> yeah. These are the four documented sightings of the Loveland Frogman. Um and it does seem like to me, Adam, if there were large bipedal frogs roaming Ohio that fishermen and hunters would have had more stories to share. But Sure. Unfortunately, those stories don't exist. Um, Which is crazy. I mean, you would think if like you said, if it was there, we'd have as many stories as we do about Bigfoot from hunters. Because they're the ones that normally see it. But it's it's worth talking about because the city of Loveland has really embraced this legend. You know, whether it's, you know, a, a hoax from the beginning, uh, whether it was a, a case of mistaken identity, 
you know, they, I, I, I looked at, I sent Adam last night. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was a bumper sticker that said, I went to Loveland, Ohio, and all I got was this lousy wand. Yeah. And it's got a frog <laughs> with like a magic wand in his hand. Right. So, I mean, you know, they, they celebrate this, sure. <laughs> you know, of, of it being there. Great. Why not? I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a fun story. I, I don't know that there are, are four foot frogs roaming around. I would, my thought is that number one, there would be more sightings, right? Um, you know, but they would they would occur closer together because when we do these these cryptid episodes and we look at these sightings, we always will see a a cluster of sightings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. You see, you'll get the original story and maybe a few around it, and then it goes kind of dormant for several years, maybe even decades. And then you'll get this just barrage of a dozen sightings over the yeah. course of maybe a few months to a few years, you know, in this huge cluster. Like and, they and say then, in UFO things, it's a flap. A flap, yeah. So you don't have that here. I mean, right. you have you have four isolated incidents, really, um, that occur, you know, 30, 20 to 30 years apart or more. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it, it doesn't seem like it, it, that this is a real thing. But like yeah. I said, the, the city celebrates it. And uh, I mean, even to the point of in 2014... The the legend was made into a bluegrass musical awesome. titled titled Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. Did, <laughs> I, I now have to watch this. I this is now oh, my, I my I, life's I, event. I went and found some of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets decent reviews. Yeah. And is it, it worth it? <laughs> it's 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 funny. Um uh, Okay. I'll check when it out. I, when I when I read the title, I was like, "Okay, before I mention this on the show, I have to make a hundred percent sure that this is real. Yeah, this is not a joke. It's not a joke. It's got a website. <laughs> it's a real. It's a real thing. It's called Hot Damn. It's the Loveland Frog, right? Hot Hot Damn. It's the Loveland Frog. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I mean, what what do you think, Adam? I mean, you know, are you are you on board with me? Do you think this may be just a lot of fun or what? Yeah, I think due to the lack of stories about it, um, I I, kind of feel like either it's just, it was a story that was just made up and then it caught on with people trying to recreate that initial event and and become part of the lore, Mm -hmm. or if it's legit... It it makes me feel like it's more of a alien gray type deal rather than a giant frog, mm-hmm. um, because the description of it three to four feet tall, bulbous head with big eyes, looks kind of like a frog. If you were to see an alien gray at night, you might think it looks like a frog standing on its hind legs. So I don't know. I mean, 
I, I always want to hold out hope for things, um, especially in cryptozoology, but I'm not as on board with this as I am with a lot of other ones because of the lack of stories. Even in some of the wilder, crazier uh, cryptids that we'll probably get into at some point down the road, like the hodag and the wampus cat and stuff like that, there's more sightings. Sure. You know, there there's a lot more, and it, it ranges in area and what it's doing and all that to where it sounds and acts like a real creature. This just seems to be like, I think the first guy just made up the story and then everybody else after that is just kind of getting on board with it, you know, and maybe seeing something out there, like you said, big lizard, something, they may see something, but I don't know that the Loveland Frogman is a legit thing. Now, if I'm always open to change my mind. So if anybody's seen it and has evidence, please, you know, come forward and let us know. But until then, I'm, I'm on the skeptical side of this fence uh, for the first time, I think, in all of our cryptozoology episodes. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what what I don't like is the fact that there there is no no name really associated with the original story. Yeah. Um, even if it had a made up name, I'd probably be more apt to believe the original story or at least yeah. believe that they saw something that may have been mistaken for a, a big frog. Right. Um, but with no names and with all the variants, it really does have an urban legend feel. Um, yeah. You know, the the officer story, now it's compelling in the fact that according to them, they, they, they did actually see and shoot something. Right. Now, I got to think that if they actually shot a four-foot frog, that they would have been able to produce said body Yes. To the rest yep. of the police department and say, all right, told you we weren't lying. And then there would be a big police report about it and there would be evidence about it. If yep. it was just a dead iguana, which it very well could have been, then the story just kind of ends there. Right. But they obviously didn't just let it end. And I, I look, I get it. You know, your, your, your boy goes out and sees this thing and everybody's kind of picking and snickering at him. Mm-hmm. And so you go out and you realize, oh man, this thing's just a big iguana, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's pet. So, you know, you get it and you show him and you go, look, you're not crazy. You saw something and you saw this, which at the dark, in the dark, you know, you could have mistaken it for a frog, uh, you know, or, or whatever. And of course, and like it- I said, the legend's already there. Sure. And and this legend is passed down. I, I you know, if we've got listeners from Loveland, I guarantee you they know one of them that ain't heard of this. You know, they've right. all heard this. You know, the story's been passed down for years. Um so you know, he's already got it in his head. So, you know, yeah, I think I just saw the frogman. Yep. And then it's interesting though, the the Sam Jacobs the, the, with the photo from 2016 at no point at no point has he said, ah, yeah, I was playing around, joking around. He he still stands by the fact that, you know, he saw what he saw. Yeah. So. Give him a few more know, years. He may change his mind. Yeah, you know, when you look at the picture, though, I mean, I think 
he'd have been better off to leave the picture out. <laughs> yeah, just I tell mean, the yeah, story. The picture is is like a dead giveaway. I mean, yeah. it really does look like a dude in a suit. And I can um, kind of see, you know, where if the first police officer saw a tailless iguana standing up on a side guardrail, you know, when they're standing up and holding on to something, maybe it looks like it's standing straight up, you know, yeah, on its yeah, back oh, legs. Yeah. I can kind of see that. And when you were telling the story, uh, when said they went back out and they found scratches on the um, guardrail, I thought, so it's got claws because that would be the only yeah. way to make scratches on a metal guardrail and frogs don't have claws like that you know there's yeah, a there, species there of frogs that claw there is a clawed frog but it's yeah. aquatic yeah and and it it's actually be crawling around on the land right no I, I'm, I'm not mistaken about that right? no there's a there's a frog that actually shoots its finger bones out of its um skin during fighting and mating and so it looks clawed but it's got actual, it's just bone coming out of its fingers. And I'm sure like they're- Wolverine or something. Basically, yeah. This sounds um, more like a cryptid, and it's real. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, and there may be some uh, frogs that, you know, if, if we have biologists or whatever that listen to us, probably not, but maybe, um, then they, they probably know there are probably some species of frogs that have claws, but, yeah. you know- when I picture the Frogman, I think of a giant toad because we have yeah. big ass toads here in Texas, and that's what I picture is a big toad. Yeah, you know, and they don't have claws like that. So, look, I mean, I've seen a I've seen a bullfrog mm-hmm. in a swim in a swimming pool. Yep. That when it stretched out swimming, I mean, the thing was probably a foot and a half long. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, that's the biggest bullfrog I've ever seen. Yep. But. um but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, at the least it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, then that may be all it is, but yeah. it, you know, it's fun to kind of look at and talk about. So Sure. Adam, let's take a minute and talk about one of tonight's sponsors, Shudder. Now, Shudder is the streaming service with the best selection of horror thriller and supernatural movies series and originals from hollywood favorites and cult classics to original series and critically acclaimed new genre films you won't find anywhere else streaming uncut and commercial free right to your favorite devices and they've got some fantastic exclusive titles coming this month a nightmare waits on February 4th, after midnight on February 11th, the Joe Bob Valentine special also coming out February 11th. Everybody loves Joe Bob Briggs. This is definitely something yeah, that's great. you want to check out. The Dark and the Wicked on February 25th, and one of Amanda and my favorite shows, A Discovery of Witches, the second half comes out this month. So you got to go check this out. I know you love that Discovery of Witches, so it's awesome that that's coming out for you. Um, you can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for only $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. It's been called the Netflix of horror, and I understand why. 
Now, you'll have unlimited access to stream ad-free on all your favorite devices. Devices like the iPhone, the iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, where I watch it, Google Chromecast, Roku, and any of your Android devices. Yeah, and as I said, um, you know, Amanda and I love Discovery of Witches. It is what led us to Shudder, and we were not disappointed, and I don't think you will be either. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the slasher horror movies. If you are, Shudder's got them. I love the thrillers, you know, the, the, the mystery suspense, and... Mm-hmm. You just if that's what you're looking for, Shutter is the place for you. So at this price, why, now is a great time to jump in. It's cold outside, you know, we're right in the middle of winter. It's a good time to to curl up on the couch and, and watch a good scary movie. Absolutely. Now you can get started streaming the best horror, thriller, and supernatural content. And for Graveyard Tales listeners, you can try Shutter for free for 30 days. All you have to do is go to Shudder.com, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, and use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E. That's right. How can it get any better than having all of these horror movies streamed right to you? Well, get it for free for the first 30 days. So go to Shudder.com, S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, and use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E. So, are we ready to get into the grass man? Let's talk about the grass man. All right. So, the uh, the grass man is, uh, you know, and, and I forgot to say this at the top of the show, but as we always say, go check the sources if you want to see Matt's sources and my sources where we got the stuff and maybe dig a little deeper. Um, but the, the grass man from everything that I looked up is basically – just the Ohio Bigfoot. Like there are some differences, which we'll talk about. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of similarities. But when you look up and try to find any encounters that mention Grassman, they very rarely just say Grassman. They talk about Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Um so if you go to look it up, just know you can find information on the grass man, but the encounters are probably lacking in the name grass man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll get into it here. They say, um, you know, according to the Ohio Bigfoot Research Organization or the BFRO, where a, a lot of my information is going to come from tonight, Ohio has over 300 Bigfoot sightings. And this ranks it as one of the top 10 states in which you might have a Bigfoot encounter. So, you know, if you're going to go on a trip and do the top 10 states of Bigfoot encounters, go to Ohio because you'd apt to see one there. Now, most Ohio Bigfoot sightings, though, uh, they occur in the east and northeast where the state is a little hillier and more wooded. Mm -hmm. And others have spotted them in bogs, woods, and on farms. And that, that's one of the main differences, too, in the Grassman is they're found in farms and wheat fields and stuff like that, hence the name Grassman. But, like I said, the Ohio Grassman 
is one of a few types actually spotted in Ohio. It's thought to be more social in nature um, because it's been spotted in pairs or groups more often. And sometimes the groups can actually range between five to eight individuals. So the evidence seems to indicate that the grass man cooperatively hunts deer and they're said to use caves as dwellings or to even construct their own huts in the forest in which they live in, um, which is a difference in the normal Bigfoot that we hear. Yeah, we usually don't find a, a domicile no, or a Bigfoot. No, um, but there's apparently uh, in Ohio out in the in the woods, you can find little huts built, you know, primitively, and that's you know, these grass man dwellings. And I would say 90% of the stories where we've talked about Bigfoot, they don't have like family groups seen. If they witness a Bigfoot, it's solitary. You know, we've heard of there being family groups living in areas and you see different size footprints and, you know, all that, but we don't have nearly as many group sightings as they do with the grass man. Now, mothers and babies have actually been seen together. Um, and this, the, the grass man Bigfoot type tends to wander in close proximity to humans and has been seen in corn and wheat fields and around or on farms, um, which also seems to show that they use these farms for food resources instead of just out foraging in the woods. And They're known to actually eat the wheat and grasses in the area. Hence, like I was saying, that's the reason for the name. One of the reasons for the name Grassman. You know, as I was saying, other Bigfoot seem to be solitary. And this one is social and has no problem, you know, living around more populous areas, which lends to more sightings. So that that's a good thing. Um but let's look at the physical descriptions of the Ohio Grassman from eyewitnesses. And this comes from BigfootEncounters.com if you want to go check them out. Um, the height of it ranges from 5 to 10 feet tall, but they're gen- generally around the 6 to 7 foot tall range. So basically just like a Bigfoot. Um, footprints anywhere between 10 to 20 inches. Its weight is usually estimated from 300 to 1,000 pounds. So they can. Jeez, they that's can, a big range, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, if we're talking family groups, then you know the the smaller adolescents may be about three hundred, and Daddy Bigfoot, you know, old Jim Bob Bigfoot, Jim Bob Grassman, <laughs> he's about around the thousand pounder. Jim Bob know. Grassman. Yep. Jim Bob Esquire. Grassman up there, up there living <laughs> in the wheat fields. Now, they say some general observations about the Ohio Grassman is you can hear cries from it that sound like a baby or like a woman's scream. And you and I have talked about the baby scream in a lot of things that that tends to be a distraction or a call to kind of lure you in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's known to kill dogs in certain areas. Um not necessarily for food, but if the dog is trying to stop it from getting into the farms or whatever, it will kill it. It's got a snub nose, peaked eyes, and a very large chest. So we, uh, you know, very, very much a cross between human and ape facial features. 
Um, like other Bigfoot species, it's known to break limbs in, not like its forearms, not breaking those limbs, <laughs> but like limbs in the woods to, you know, mark areas or, or, you know, people think that the breaking and twisting of limbs is showing that it's their territory. Yeah. yeah. You know, like some animals urinate on a tree, they'll break limbs to show their areas. And a lot of Bigfoot uh, areas, that's that's one of the things that these Bigfoot hunters and trackers will, will identify is the broken limbs at a certain height. Yeah, up you above know, if, what we could do. If you're looking at, at broken limbs at, at seven to eight feet high, you you're, can be pretty sure that wasn't a human that did that. Especially right. if if it happens in in a in a pretty wide area, you know, there's not some guy out there with a ladder going, okay, I'm going to break this one, I'm going to break this one, mm-hmm. you know, and and it, it's done in such a manner that it looks as if something came through that snapped, you know, and if if we're talking about a a, a six to seven foot Bigfoot that's reaching up, you know, yep. to a branch that's seven to eight feet high. You know, and just snaps it off, and you're on the ground looking up, going, "Well, what in the heck could have done that?" Because it 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 would appear that it wasn't the weather or or something yeah. like that. I was gonna say a lot of skeptics will say, "Well, it's limbs falling out of the upper parts of the tree." Well, two problems with that is usually the limbs that fall out of the top part of the tree are skinnier than the limbs they're going to be hitting down below it. Right. So you know, not necessarily going to do that. Um, you would see evidence of that if another tree fell and broke it, mm-hmm. there would be a tree there. But also the limbs seem to be twisted and broken rather than just snapped. So they, it looks like something grabs it, twists and snaps is how you can tell it's a, more of a Bigfoot break. Like you would need to do with a, with a, a tree that's still living. Exactly. You know, it's not going to break off as easily. You have, to, you have to work at it a little bit. Would also right. indicate significant strength as well. Oh yeah, yeah that that pop your head like a pimple if it can do that. Yeah. So they say the Ohio Grassman has a strong odor to it, similar to rotten eggs, which sounds a lot like the skunk ape from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a lot of these Bigfoot in certain areas, especially Louisiana, Texas. Oklahoma, all that, they have a real strong smell. So the the grass man apparently does too. Um, it has blackish to brownish uh, fur coat, really long arms, a pointed head, and their eyes are deep set and no neck. So it's shoulder, it looks like a big bodybuilder, you know, yeah. shoulders come up to its ears. Now it will growl or bark and make unusual heavy breathing noises if you hear it. So you can kind of tell that it's that versus a, a different animal. Now, a lot of times you can hear chuffing from a bear, mm-hmm. that boof, boof, boof thing. But the the witnesses have said it doesn't sound like a bear. They know what a bear sounds like, and it doesn't sound like a bear chuffing. Now, here's one difference between um, the grass man and a lot of Bigfoot that we've talked about is a lot of the grass man footprints seem to have clawed toes. So they've actually either they're real in real need of a pedicure or they actually have some claws on their toes. 
Got some Frito toenails. Exactly. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> uh, some of them, some of the prints have actually been pigeon-toed or flat-footed. So there seems to be a, I don't know, I would say if, if that's the case, then they're either injured or there may be a breeding problem, a genetic problem with them to create that much, to create it so often that it becomes a pattern. You know, if you see one right. or something, you go, okay, this one had a, you know, birth defect or injured. But if there's multiple of them, then there, there might be a genetic difference between them and the regular Bigfoot. Some have even been seen to be three-toed, which is really weird. And you see that in other cryptids, but not in Bigfoot-type cryptids. Right. Um, there have been reports of white or albino grassmen. So that's neat. That's different. I think I've only heard one other story about an albino-colored Bigfoot. We get blonde but not albino. Right. A big, you think of a big white Bigfoot and you think of like a Yeti or something. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, but you think of different be, habitat. Be like a polar bear being white. A polar bear is not an albino black bear. You know? Yeah, exactly. Still has skin pigment. It's just, you know, lighter and a white color. Um, there's actually apparently feces that has been, found reportedly in um, trees on tree limbs and the feces actually has wood fiber in it so it's i guess in in trees and and had to defecate or it threw it one of the two but it's been found sitting on tree limbs and it's got like wood pulp in the feces so well, that would, there would be show a chance that it, it eats or chews on trees or anything like that uh, yeah, because they say this one, you know, being omnivorous, it's going to eat the grasses and stuff like that. So it has a, a, a penchant for eating its veggies. So I could see it eating, you know, green tree limbs and stuff like that Yeah, uh, yeah. in need of food. So, I mean, I could see that and that would differentiate it from other animals in Ohio that might be tree eating you know i don't know how many tree eating animals there are in ohio but if they're going to take a you know leave a big deuce on a tree limb i'd think uh <laughs> we would know about them that's that's hard to do that's a challenge right there yeah you know, it is i'm gonna get I this to land right on this tree limb and that, that's a new uh gyt uh challenge uh, an internet challenge <laughs> i don't want pictures of it I, I don't want to see it, but just try to try to do that in a tree and get it to stick on a tree limb and let me know uh, after you get out of jail from them arresting you, that is. Well, you know, if you're in the woods, you know, got to go somewhere. And Does you know, a human in the woods crap on a tree limb in Ohio? Well, you know, I mean, you know, you. You got to you got to cop a squat out in the woods, you know, you're you're pretty vulnerable Oh so yeah. Maybe maybe you climb a tree, you know, so that yep. you can, you could have a little bit more safety. Yep. You know the Bigfoot doesn't have one of those 5-gallon buckets with the pool noodle around the edge to poop in, so Can you <laughs> well, see maybe that? Maybe they should. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we should we should start a campaign where we put out some, you know, get some get some Home Depot Lowe's buckets 
cut some pool noodles. And I'm make with some, you. Make some Bigfoot toilets and put them out in the forest. Dude, that actually <laughs> may work, and that would get us some evidence. Because if we just did that and left them, come back and check on them, I bet yeah. you something's going to poop in there. Just, you know, look, we just, we paint them, you know, we, we paint them up, you know, so they're easy to see, and we... We put that little stencil that's the classic Bigfoot, you know, the walking Bigfoot silhouette mm-hmm. on the side so it knows, you know. And, oh, and then a poop me. emoji. Uh, <laughs> yes. Do the Bigfoot uh, picture and a poop emoji so it knows what it's all about. <laughs> I mean, the poop emoji crosses all um, language barriers. That's Everybody right. knows you know, what that is. So It's the universal sign for it. It's, mm-hmm. This is a happy place to poop. Exactly. I, I say we do that. There's a that's the GYT challenge. Don't poop in a tree. But everybody make um, Bigfoot poo buckets and put them out and then just go check on them randomly. That I do want pictures of. If you make a Bigfoot poop bucket, I want to see it and I want to see where you put it. <laughs> yes. We don't want to see a picture of you using it. No, no, please don't. No. I don't want to, unless it's a Bigfoot, I don't want to see anything using it. So, um, we don't want to see pictures of you in a Bigfoot suit using it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Please don't do that either. <laughs> so, one of the last observations to get off this weird poop train we're on, um, one of the last observations I got is they have been known to follow deer herds and they've actually. There's caves that have been found with deer parts stashed in them. So, you know, you you might see a Bigfoot. And I've got a story that's kind of similar to that maybe here in a minute. But you'll see one uh, following deer herds to get a deer. And then people have stumbled on caves that actually have deer parts stashed in them. And that's different, you know. Right. I mean, you may have big cats that drag stuff in there, but how many big cats are in in Ohio? Yeah, because that's, you know, that, you're right. There are some predators that will do that, will stash food. Um, but I'm not sure that there would be predators like that in Ohio. Right. I mean, if we're talking about like wolves and, and coyote and stuff, I've, I've never, and it, you know, somebody that's smarter than me may tell me otherwise, and that's fine, but I've never heard of those type of predators um, stashing food, having food stores. Not that I'm aware of. You know, no. so, you know, and I mean, when we think about food stores, we think of more um, uh, primate. Yeah, it's not what I was going for. I can't, I just, I lost the dead gum word. Um, yeah, but we think of things like, like squirrels and, and those type of animals, but they're not storing meat, you know, they're storing, you know, nuts and fruits and those kind of things. Um, so yeah, to see, to find like a, what would appear to be a predator's meat storage locker. Yeah, that's kind of ordered out of the ordinary. Oh, for sure. Um, So that that's one good way of of knowing if you ran into a grass man den is if you find cached food products. Um, Now, there is a fairly recent video that was supposedly taken of the grass man from a drone that went viral. Um, 
Obviously, I can't show that here, but there will be a link in our sources to that that you can go check out if you'd like. It'll be the top source in our sources, and you can watch the drone video of that. Tell me what you think. I'm not convinced. Um, it, it doesn't. It just looks like a dark mass under a tree, and it doesn't move much. So I'm not convinced by that. It, it you know, if you could clean it up, maybe, but. I don't know. Okay, so let's get into a few encounters here of the Grassman or the Ohio Bigfoot. And and I got most of these from BFRO. And this one is from April 2018 near Bethel. Um, now, this says, Our Border Collie Australian Shepherd was out near the front of our property, which is just across the street from the East Fork State Park woods, barking his head off. And you'll notice that East Fork is very prevalent in a lot of these sightings, so keep that in mind. Now, it says, often at night, I will just ignore him because he barks at every little thing, but this bark definitely sounded like he was saying something is here, and I want to let the whole world know. I was in an outbuilding, went inside and grabbed my high-powered flashlight. When I came back out, our dog was still barking loudly and remained laser-focused as he stared at something in the woods across the street. I shone my light between some trees and bam, got bright eye shine right back. Not the red eye shine you so often hear about, but a bluish white, I think. The eye shine was at a height that I guessed to be around 10 to 12 feet up, and the eye stayed fixed on me at that point, blinking, sometimes both eyes at once, sometimes one eye, then quickly the other eye. So you try to do that, man. I I don't think I can do that, you know, very easily. Yeah, yeah it happens, but camera one, camera two, camera one. Yeah, camera two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so he goes on to say, my wife came out and said, "quote Oh, it's just an owl," but I wasn't convinced. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, ugh, it's always an owl, Matt. Why? So my voice was trembling a bit because I've read the other stories on this website about Sasquatches living in the area, especially the one pertaining to the Bigfoot standing along the entrance road to the park being only about two miles from our little property below the lake. Besides, I thought, why would our 11-year-old dog be going crazy over an owl perched on a branch 50 feet away from our fence? How could he even hear an owl gliding so silently onto a branch in the woods at night? That's a good question. And if it's a country dog, it should be used to an owl, and I don't think it would be barking like that. Yeah, even our dogs, I mean, they'll they'll pick up on something outside from inside the house. It's it's never a bird. No. I mean, no. it's always a squirrel or a rabbit or a possum, you know, around here. It's never never a bird, okay? No. I mean, the so only time- I, I can't imagine a bird in a tree right. alerting a dog. I was going to say the only, the only time my beagles ever bark at a bird is if one has landed on the ground pretty close to the back door. Yeah. You know, then it's real close. Then it's going to bark and say something's right there. But sitting on the fence, they don't care. Sitting in a tree, they don't care. So I, I don't see it. Um, he goes on to say, well, at that point, I went inside and I grabbed my BB gun. Probably not the best idea, as I do not yet have a handgun or other weapon that could actually provide some protection if things went south. Yeah, BB gun's not going to do much. Um, <laughs> he says, so I went to our front door, opened it a crack, and held the flashlight in my teeth, 
kept a fire extinguisher next to me just in case it came rushing out of the woods at me. At least I could try to fill its face with something it would definitely not like breathing in. And I aimed my BB rifle at the eye uh, still shining back at me. So I pulled the trigger and waited. About one to two seconds later, I don't think I hit it, whatever it was clearly reacted to the BB, which must have passed nearby. Then, for about two and a half seconds, I heard it start start to crash through the woods from right to left, with left being in the direction of our mailbox, driveway, and the road we take to access our street. Then silence. However, what interested me was that our dog was still super focused and barking, no different, but even after the crashing went quiet, he continued to track something to the left, barking as furiously as ever. Now, he goes on to describe his position, his dog's position, and the creatures, and kind of being in a triangle and everything, and just in too much detail, honestly, for me to want to uh, do it here. But he's talking about the movement, him, and the Bigfoot, and the dog, and the movement of it, and the trajectory, and it just seemed to be too much, so I skipped yeah. that part. But goes on to say... I'd say my dog ran about 30 or 40 feet to my left in about four seconds, which means that the creature ran about 100 to 150 feet in that time through somewhat dense, which is where I always harvest kindling for our buck stove. And I can tell you the section of woods are not impassable by any means, but there are still plenty of uh, still plenty of undergrowth to have to push your way through. Um. He says, since that incident, there have been times when I've called him, his dog, in at night, and I found him laying down uh, in an alert position and in the dark and be staring at something in that same spot as if waiting to see the creature appear. I just can't imagine an owl or a coyote or a deer having made the initial crashing noises and then go silent. And I also can't imagine my dog keeping such a diligent watch over the woods for weeks and months afterwards in response to a mere owl, deer, or coyote. Besides, no coyotes or deer's eyes shine are going to be 10 or more feet up in the air. True, and, and an owl certainly isn't going to make that much racket. It'd have to be a right. big owl. Right. Be one of those and damn deer, harpy, harpy eagles. Yeah, right. <laughs> and deer move quieter than that. You can hear a deer, but deer are silent pretty much. Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't make a ton of noise. So, I don't I don't know. I don't know what what it was, but it seems to fit the idea of of a Bigfoot or Grassman sighting. I mean, every, mm -hmm. everything just seems to line up very well. Right. And you know, it it all it all kind of boils down to do you believe this guy's story? And and even he does he doesn't know what it was, right? But then do, do you believe that it fits well enough to say there's a good chance that that was something there was something along those lines in those woods? Yeah, and I do. I mean, it it seems to be like you were saying it. It doesn't seem to be an owl or something because of the crashing noises. And I agree with him that if it was just an owl, his dog probably wouldn't stay that focused on something for weeks you know it had to be something that was very out of the ordinary and very disturbing to the dog for it to keep doing that now this next one is uh september 2015 in claremont county now this says my grandson and i had driven up to east fork lake 
to take pictures of deer. They come out in the evening to graze near the lake. We took a few photos of the deer, then decided to leave because it was getting dark. As we were leaving the park, a two-lane road with heavy woods on both sides of the road, I had been talking to him. He was driving, and I was in the passenger seat. When I turned my head forward and noticed something a short distance in front of us, next to the side of the road. There was something tall and very dark that was hard to make out. As we slowly passed it, I could finally see it and realized it was a Sasquatch. It was very large with a chest about three feet wide and stood about seven to eight feet tall. It was not moving. It was just standing there looking down from the road from whence we had just come. I said to my grandson, what was that? And he couldn't answer. We kept driving out of the park, too afraid to turn around and go back. It had come out of the woods and was probably getting ready to cross into the heavy woods across the road. That animal was huge and looked very powerful. I was shocked because it is a busy park, but with a lot of deer and people having picnics and all that. And I forgot to mention that it was late, somewhere around 8 p.m., and the sun had already gone down, but we were still able to make out the object from the twilight. So that points to it doesn't have a problem being around people like we were talking before. Mm -hmm. And if there's a lot of deer there, it was probably following the deer. Right. So that was a quick one, but I thought it was interesting because it kind of highlighted a couple of the um, the points that we made before. Now, this one, we're going to go back to 1967. This is summer of 1967 in Lorain County. And this person says, when I was 16 back in 1967, I was staying at a friend's house on the next street over from where I lived. It was around midnight, and we were watching TV when we heard some dogs barking like they were after something. We looked out the door, and we saw something big like a large human running with the dogs chasing it. It ran under a streetlight, but we still couldn't make it out. As it ran, it made some terrible screaming like I have never heard before. The next day, I went home, and my mother asked me if I had heard the terrible screaming sound last night. She said our dog ran and hid under the bed, and it scared my sister to death. She said whatever it was, it ran right beside our house. I went out, and I did find some very large barefoot tracks by our house in some mud, but nobody thought much about it when I showed them. We are by some railroad tracks and some woods, so I believe it was following them and maybe came looking for food. I still can't explain where the dogs came from. My mother still laughs about our dog running and hiding from the noise it made. So, I mean, we've heard some stories about dogs chasing Bigfoot or tracking Bigfoot, mm -hmm. but I don't think I've read a story where someone saw, you know, a pack of dogs chasing one. Yeah, that's that that's unusual. Um, and. You know, we've heard stories of Bigfoot getting close to houses. Mm -hmm. So that that seems consistent. Um, I don't know. That's and, a that's a pretty interesting one. I mean, you again, you 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 buy into some of these stories. I mean, why would these people make these stories up? Right, right. You know whether right. now whether they saw whether it was a Bigfoot, a grass man, whatever, or you know, something else. Um, it's intriguing because it obviously was not something that was easily identified. Right. Right. And they found big tracks, right? Big barefoot tracks. So if it was a person, probably not going to be running 
from dogs like that barefoot unless you're in a emergency situation it's you know? a hobo because they were yeah. near some railroad tracks yeah it very well could have been or maybe it was a hobo grass man you know yeah he's riding the rails you know you exactly got to get to the next town and something i like about that story and some of these other ones is you can kind of tell when someone's making up a story because they give you way too much detail about frivolous things mm-hmm you know, they're all oh, the the moon was three quarters and I could see the light <laughs> dappling through the the leaves. And, you know, it's like, I, I mean, I understand. I give a lot of detail when I tell stories. I, I get it. You know, to me, it's I, I want you to fully understand the situation and all that. But if you hear somebody telling a story and they get so detailed on such little minute things there's a pretty good chance it was a made-up story and they've rehearsed it and they're trying mm-hmm. to make you believe it. You know, people in the moment when they see something or witness something, they may have a good memory on some of the big things that happened, but the little minute details are going to get washed out of your brain. Right. You know, you're right. not going to focus on those. So if you get a story that has way too much detail, I would question that. Yeah. You saying that reminded me of this thing, you know, like people adding just weird, minute details that don't really seem to contribute to the story. Mm-hmm. It always reminds me of like when you look up a recipe online, you just want the recipe. Right. But you always got to read this stuff that's like, let me tell you why I love these ingredients. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, I know. I don't care. Yeah, I just want a brief recipe. history about... <laughs> Uh, of each spice and what it means to their family. You know, I remember growing up, time was such a big deal for my grandmother. And I just love to put time. I Okay, I get it. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't care. I look up recipes a lot and I I, I see that all the time. It's funny you say that. <laughs> but that's what when you said. And the moon was three quarters full. And, you know, and all that <laughs> stuff. I'm like, wh- why? why? Why do you recall that? Or yeah, even exactly. or even notice that. <laughs> right. I don't think that's something I would notice if I'd saw a large creature running from a pack of dogs, you know. Yeah. So I'm glad that story didn't have that in there or I would have had to discount <laughs> it. Okay, so this next story is from summer of nineteen eighty two or nineteen eighty three, uh Columbiana County near Beaver Creek State Park. It says this incident occurred in 1982 or 1983, and I haven't told too many people do the unusual reactions that you would expect to get from people. I was with my best friend and my girlfriend, now my wife, and we were driving around in my friend's car for something to do. He was behind the wheel, my wife in the passenger side, and I was in the back hanging, in quotes, over the seat. We were traveling on Sprucevale Road toward Calcutta, We were crossing the bridge at Gretchen's Lock, and as we started to make the bend after the bridge and climb the steep grade, the car's headlights swept into the wooded hillside along the road. About halfway up the hill in the woods, the light showed what looked to me like a monkey type of animal crouched down on its haunches and its arms extended out in front of itself and between its thighs. It appeared to be brownish and very hairy. Its face was apparent and appeared monkey-like, no snout or pronounced nose. 
I couldn't judge the overall size that well due to it being in a crouched position. And I didn't say anything as we drove on. But about a half mile later, I finally asked if the others had seen anything on the hill. At once, my wife stated, quote, you mean that monkey thing? My friend stated, yes, and also described the same thing that I had seen. It was frightening because we all remembered in the same remembered it the same after the fact without having to stop and compare notes or whatever, so to speak. We turned the car around and went back, and as we retraced our trip, we could pick out the spot we saw the figure, but it was no longer there. Nothing in the woods, such as a tree stump, etc., resembled what we had seen on the first trip. So to cut in, I'm glad they did that because, yeah. you know, you can see something at night driving down the road, and it may look like a figure crouched down, but it's just a tree stump or something. So I'm glad they went back and kind of um, checked for that. I believe that whatever it was had been surprised by the vehicle and moved on as soon as we had passed by. In any case, we decided not to venture into the woods and left the area. To be honest, just writing about this makes the hair on my neck stand up even after all these years. So, I mean, I, I agree that that's pretty, pretty intense if you drive by at night, see something and you actually make the effort to go back and check and it's not there. Yeah, I know. I've and I've done that before where I've I've seen something and I would swear, you know, mm-hmm. it was man, that was something. I don't know what it is. And you go back and look and you realize after the fact, oh, it was just this. Yeah. It, you know, yep. it was something else. It just you know, in the dark, in the light, in a in a quick glance. It just appeared to be something. Yeah. So going back and looking and making sure it was, you know, was there something here, a misshapen stump or something that could have been mistaken for that? But, you know, even with that, it, it would been it would have been very interesting for all three of them to have seen it and had the same impression if if that yes. wasn't what it was. Yep. If it was just a stump, I don't think all of them would have come out and said you know, given the exact description and all that. So I thought those were some pretty interesting, um, you know, grass man slash Bigfoot encounters from the Ohio area. And if you're from the Ohio area and have been to any of those places or whatever, I'd like to know because not being from Ohio, I can kind of get a grasp of where those things are by looking at maps, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, I've I've never I've never really even been to Ohio other than you know just to dip my toe into Cincinnati and then yeah <laughs> come back. I hadn't even done that. So, <laughs> um, but Matt, I, I got a question. Do you think that there could be slightly different species of Bigfoot that would be the Grassman, or do you think uh, like I do that? the area will change the creature's habits and how it interacts. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Um I mean it would be it would be it would be really difficult for me to believe that there was a creature that we would know as Bigfoot that didn't have variations. I mean if it's yep. If it's if they're all exactly the same, that would really be more odd to me 
than just agreeing that, okay, there there's some type of creature that is known as Bigfoot. And depending on where you're from, it's, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to, it's going to change appearance a little bit. It's going to adapt. Um, you know, it's going to, it's going to live off the land a little bit differently. It, It may have a different diet. It may have a different living area. Um, you know, different behaviors based on the region. And, sure. you know, so if we're talking about, you know, the grass man being a Bigfoot that has somehow altered its characteristics to fit where it lives, then absolutely. But, yep. you know, I, I, I can wrap my head around that better than just saying, yeah, there's one Bigfoot and they all look like this. And that's a Bigfoot. Yeah. And then if it looks like anything else, then it's something else or it's not real. I just, I, that's hard for me to believe because when we talk about things like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the like the Tennessee wild man mm-hmm. or, or, or dog men or any of these things, could they all just be variations of, of Bigfoot? Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, we have so many different regional names for it. Um, like you said, Tennessee wild man. Uh, um, you got the the skunk ape skunk down ape. in skunk ape. Uh, Louisiana and Florida. Uh, you've got, you know, the, the woolly booger or the wood boogers in, you know, Kentucky and, and even in parts of Tennessee and stuff like that. And they all seem to be very similar large ape about the same size or whatever but as you would expect from i mean if you just look at humans each state each area they have different habits they Mm -hmm. you know eat different they live off the land different and i think that would to me apply to a, a sasquatch type creature yeah if if it's legit and a real thing then it would have to because like you said, if everything was exactly the same, they're eight foot tall, short hair, they they all have this type of eyes and, and this size foot, and they're always five toes, look like a human, uh, then that puts it into a more mythical category and, mm-hmm. and more unbelievable than, okay, this, this one got injured, so its foot is a little wonky here. Uh, you know, its third toe is shorter. Um, it, it has claws. I mean, that that's just living. You're going to get scars and, and bruises yeah. and, and your foot's going to turn weird. And, and that puts it more legit to me. Yeah, it makes it more real. And even if you consider things like the Yowie in Australia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about differences from, you know, around the world. And just like you made a you made a great point, you know. Humans are different. They they adapt to their area. You know, even you know, even if we're talking about you know skin tone or or hair, yep. um, yep. you know the height. I mean, you know, you, you think about you know some people that live in certain uh, certain parts of the world, they may genetically become taller because that was an advantage. Yep. For their ancestors. And so now they're typically much taller. Yeah, but um, they're still human. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're all still human. Um, but over the, over the centuries, 
uh, you know, genetics have changed to give them an advantage in their surroundings. So why not? You know, right. so, so I, I, even if we're talking about a Yeti, you mm-hmm. know, why, why wouldn't a Yeti just be a, a Bigfoot that lives in, you know, snowy mountainous areas? Right. Right. You know, that's adapted, like you mentioned, that's adapted to living there. Exactly. Like you mentioned the polar bear earlier that, you know, I mean, you, the grizzly, the brown bear, the black bear, the polar bear, you know, we're all talking about bears, but you're talking about bears from different regions. So their fur coat has changed. Their size has changed. Their their diets are different. You know, polar bear, they're uh, carnivore, 100 percent. But you look at black bear and brown bear, they're omnivores. Yeah. So, you know, you can have a fully carnivorous Bigfoot somewhere. And then in Ohio, because there's so so many fields of grass and all that stuff, that it may be omnivorous and eating wood or, or tree limbs or wheat grass yeah. or whatever. So now now we're even considering that there there would be multiple species of Bigfoot, you know, mm-hmm. that it's. It's roughly, you know, like said, like you said, they're all bears. They're all different species of bears. So they're all yep. a, a Bigfoot type creature, but they're different species. Th- these mm-hmm. these look this way. These look that way. These are, you know, pandas are, you know, they're they're herbivores. Yep. You know, as opposed to a grizzly, which is you know a predator. Yep. So you know they're still bears, but they're but yep. they're and- different. They're different species. So. You know, if we if we want to consider the fact that you know a a Sasquatch creature is, you know, a a real creature, why wouldn't there be other species? Yeah, yep. I mean, that that's how I've looked at it. And and the the more episodes we do on Bigfoot type creatures, the more that's solidified in my brain is that. You know, there there will be depending on its evolutionary tract within its region. Yeah. So, you know, I I mean, I, I thought the Ohio grassman was pretty interesting and, and the frogman too. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of other weird things that happen in Ohio that we didn't touch on in this episode, but we wanted to feature two of the bigger ones because when you you know look at Ohio cryptids, these are the two big ones that kind of come up. Yeah, I mean you've you got melon heads too. You know mm-hmm. that's w- which we've talked about in in uh, one of our urban legend episodes. Right. You know. Right. So yeah, you, you had to dig way back into the catalog to find that <laughs> one, but we didn't yep. talk about it. So yeah, that's a ways back. Uh, but you know, we hope you guys enjoyed that. And you know, if you have, like we always say, if you, if you have an encounter with either the Grassman or the Frogman, we would like to hear it. Um, you know, I I'm obsessed with Bigfoot type creatures, the bipedal hominids. So I definitely want to hear um, if you have a story like that. Uh, so let us know. And uh, you know, like we always say, you can email us you can call us and leave us a voicemail or or hit us up on facebook yeah absolutely and uh one of the best places to share a discussion about different species of bigfoot is our facebook group and this thing grows every single day um you can find us just by by searching for it on on facebook and 
as Adam said, check us out on uh, other social media, Instagram and Twitter. Um, but while you're tooling around on the internet, go by and check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our site, you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. You can listen to the show, learn a little bit more about Adam and myself, and you can become a patron. And we we just coming off recording four new Patreon episodes. So if you've uh, if you've been kind of wondering, you know, should I or shouldn't I? Listen, we really appreciate the support for the show. It keeps us. Uh, able to put out new and better content and there's a lot of content coming out um, and it's a little bit different from what you hear on the regular show we don't mm-hmm. you know it's more casual uh we we get a little bit more freer with our language you know <laughs> right uh but we talk about some topics that that are fun that are interesting but not exactly what traditional graveyard tales shows are about so uh if you're interested in hearing us talk about some other things Go check it out. Um, always, you know, we, we we ask you to rate and review us on uh, Apple and iTunes. Uh, Apple iTunes. Well, I can't. I've lost the ability to speak tonight. All of a sudden. <laughs> um, but the the reason we do that is because it it gets us up the charts, but that makes it easier for folks to find the show, and it brings more folks into the graveyard. So. For if you've done that, we appreciate it and thank you. So yes, I, I think that wraps it up for uh, the Ohio cryptids. I think so. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. That's like a riddle. Yeah, it is. But it, it fits into tonight's episode. It, so. <laughs> it does fit. It does. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.